I'm just waiting for more people to come in, but um, I think the music is a nice touch uh, for now. Um, yeah, this is gonna be a celebration. Um, my face was lighter before. The freaking clouds, man. Uh, you guys can see. You guys can see me, okay, right? Or do I need more light? Look, more light. If I ask for more light. Fucking world, man. The fucking world. Um, but yeah, we have, I guess, a lot to go over. The world knows that you're just a monster. It shows, shows your true colors. I see it clearly. You're a Gary, you gotta wait. Oh my god. Um, I gotta figure out. Okay, so hold on. Alright, so I'm gonna stop the music for a second. Uh, just because. Um, yeah, so we're gonna get to that, Gary. Like, calm down. I, I really, I really don't think that Osprey should have freaking lost. I really don't. This will be an official podcast episode, so I have to, like, go by the format that, like, I go by. Um, but before I actually do that, uh, for everyone that is here, uh, just keep in mind that, yes, your girl, Marie Shadows, is Twitch affiliate. Uh, basically, that means I can run ads. If you guys do not want to see any ads while you're, you know, paying attention to me, listening to me, um, then by all means, um, you know, make sure to uh, send me that uh, Twitch Prime, uh, which is totally free. Uh, you don't really have to pay for anything because you have Amazon Prime. So if you want, you know, no ads while you're watching me, uh, then by all means, um, Twitch Prime is the way to go. Or if you want to, uh, sub to me, that's totally fine too. If you want to gift subs to the community, that's awesome. That's great. Um, it's all up to you. You have options. This is what I love about like the way that I can structure my, income so to speak um but yes thank you uh gary um the congratulations is very much needed um let me turn this light off my my camera comes with a built-in light and it's already fucking with my eyes um but yeah i'm just letting you know that um i have a feature you know behind the scenes that will let me know when another ad is playing and it's only gonna be 
two sets of ads throughout any type of my streams. And when you come into my stream, you will not get a pre-roll ad. I am tired of seeing other streamers have their pre-roll ads um, on their streams. I'm not going to be one of those streamers that's like, oh, you got, you guys going to get a pre-roll ad um, just because. Like, yes, that's going to give me what, like two cents extra? Like, it's not that big of a deal. Um, it's really not. I'd rather you guys be here for like 15 minutes, bam, um, it comes an ad just to, you know, help me pay some bills and then an ad later on again in like 15 minutes. Right now, I could definitely tell you that another ad will start in 24 minutes. Uh, so basically, again, if you guys do not want any ads for your experience to break up your experience, by all means, let me have that Twitch Prime. Hey! Thank you, PhD Bound. Love you. Love you, love you, love you. Um, yo, PhD Bound has been so amazing on Twitter <laughs> by like, um, you know, coming into like, um, the threads and like, just like, uh, just having, you know, a fun time with us. Like, you know, she's, she's awesome for being in there and being like talking about new Japan with us and stuff like that. Um, I do appreciate everyone though. Don't think that, you know, I'm just singling her out just because but yeah um I, I i do appreciate the fact that every time we watch new japan pro wrestling like she'll be in there and comment and stuff like that and i'll be like well maybe this maybe that uh but thank you page d bound for uh using your twitch prime to uh subscribe <laughs> um but yeah like I said, you either have that option or you have, um, you know, if you want to gift uh, subs to the community so that way nobody can get ads and stuff like that. Um, I'm really, 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 really thankful. Um, you know what? Let me just put this up a little bit more um, so you guys can see me. Um, I'm really, really, really thankful for everyone that has, like, tuned in. Just hear me out about my wrestling takes. Uh you know, thankfully I can say it all in kayfabe, um, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, uh, thank you for getting me to Twitch affiliates. I, I really highly appreciate it. Um, you know, I, I never really like thought about podcasting at all until I was like, yo, it's more easier and faster to talk than to like write out, um, an article and articles don't even get read by like that. So, you know, I'm having fun doing this. I'm glad that you guys are here for the ride and I wouldn't have it any other way. I really would not have it any other way. I'm telling you guys, man. Um, it's been super fun. Um, so Wednesday, I think I'm going to save my announcement towards the end, but Wednesday I have something very, very, very fun planned. Um, you guys are definitely going to see on social media, uh, some little drops of like what's going to be happening on Wednesday, but you guys would know it here first. Um, so yeah, um, it's going to be a very fun time at 6 PM Wednesday, right here on twitch.tv slash Marie, Marie underscore shadows. Uh, there's only a few people that know, and that's about it. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, I did a mistake. <laughs> How do I? Oh my God. <laughs> oh. Guys, I'm so sorry. I'm.
Oh my god. Okay. I'm not gonna say anything until like the ads are done. Um this is this is gonna I'm gonna have to learn how not to just hit buttons. <laughs> oh my god. I'm gonna have to learn how not to hit buttons. <laughs> oh Jesus. Um Okay. I apologize <laughs> if you guys just saw an ad. That was not my intention. But Vortex, thank you for the congratulations of becoming a uh for you becoming an affiliate. Um I gotta learn not to press buttons, especially when I don't know what those buttons are. Um I am not trying to have a rendition of Dexter's laboratory here. <laughs> of like pushing the big red button it's just that i'm so new to the fucking ads manager yo marcus what's up how's it going buddy um i'm just not used to the ads manager right now so it's kind of like annoying the hell out of me that is telling me like I, you know how many minutes i have to like start running an ad and i might end up like taking that off just because um it might mess up my flow um and stuff like that uh so i might i don't know how i'm gonna do this because i don't know how it shows up it doesn't show me the ad obviously and i'm here supposed to be talking about like new japan pro wrestling and like everything like that um so yeah uh i'm definitely gonna need a more experienced person uh to help me out with this um because i just showed you guys an ad when i didn't really need to um i didn't mean to show you the ad either either way um anyway um, I really, really want some of my usuals to get in here. The ones that were sort of, nah, they weren't really antagonizing me. That, that That's the wrong word. Um, that, that's really the wrong word. It's, they weren't antagonizing me. They also hated the fact that Osprey lost. So good thing. I'm trying to get them in here. Um, all right. So Marcus says, I love AEW, but TNT champion is a weird sport. Because I love Sammy uh, turn heel, but I don't like Sammy is a three. Yeah, man. Don't worry, man. We'll get we'll get to AEW. We'll get to all of them. Um, I'm just really trying to wait until like, you know, my people come in here because they were talking about this shit. Um, there was this other guy. I know some bullshit. Uh, there was this other guy that was talking shit on my on my thing, and I told him, "Yo, why don't you come by and congratulate me to be an affiliate." And also, you know, you could talk your shit. You know, you could talk your shit there. You know, it's all good. It's all good, man. Um, I'm here for like debates and talking about this and trying to see like how wrestling can improve. And if you want to talk shit all the time about New Japan, you guys can come right here and like talk shit about it. And then we'll like debunk it all. You know, we'll do that. We'll debunk it all. Um, but yes, Moxley won. You know what? We might as well start with the elephant in the room of uh, basically talking about, um, you know, Moxley fucking winning just because. But that means I have to do like my intro. My, my voice is already going. Hold on. I made a spicy shrimp scampi earlier for lunch. 
So I can still feel the effects of the spiciness. I know that I saw that the referee fucked up. Um, and it was just such a weird fucking thing. That's what I saw. Osprey is a champion of Warriors Wrestling. Warriors Wrestling had to remind me. If you guys are not following me on Twitter, please make sure that you do at Marie underscore shadows. Uh, because I was going back and forth with them about like, hey, if Osprey is facing Blake Christian uh this week on the, on April 23rd, you know, is the ref gonna like fuck him over? And they were like no chance and i was like well you know wasn't he once like your champion and they were like he's still our champion i was like i knew that i totally knew that i i totally forgot <laughs> so to answer your question marcus uh osprey is the warriors wrestling champion and also rev pro champion um let me readjust everything and then we're going to jump right into um you know, Windy City, we're going to talk about it all. I got my notes. Um, but like I said, we're definitely going to start with the elephant in the room. Um, so let's go and do this. Um, and again, housekeeping notes. I don't know, man. This is this is so cool. Okay. I love you guys that you are here, but we got to do this officially. Thank you, PhD Bound. We got to do this officially. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows. And on this very special episode of the Square Circle Podcast, yes, we are live right here on twitch.tv forward slash Marie underscore Shadows. And guess what? By way of your help to everyone out there that came into my Twitch channel, to everyone that's in the chat, to everyone that listens everywhere else, but more importantly, celebrating here with me, I have become officially a Twitch affiliate which is so awesome. It's so amazing. Um, I can't really thank you guys enough for, you know, just being here, uh, you know, helping me with my views. Cause that's all I needed. Uh, you guys put in the work of following me and wanting to hear what I have to say. And so I am Twitch affiliate affiliate, excuse me. So what does that mean? That means a couple of things. One, I finally have some type of stream income from you guys that want to be supportive. That's awesome. That's great. Another thing, too, is that I'm able to run ads on my channel. The other thing is that this is very important, so uh, please pay attention to this. When you come into my channel, you will not get pre-roll ads. I really do dislike when other streamers have pre-roll ads on, you know, their channels, but they could do whatever they want is their channels. But sometimes that's a little bit of a turnoff and I do not want you guys to have that turnoff. So I, I am not having no pre-roll ads. And if they are pre-roll ads, uh, let me know. I'm going to have to, uh, change stuff on the back end Cause I'm still learning all of this. The second thing is that now that I'm able to run ads, I will prep you guys to let you know, um, you know, how much time is left uh, for the ads. Um, so that way you can either decide to, to uh, lend me your Twitch Prime or 
to uh, gift community, like gift subs to the community of, uh, you know, our community here at Maria on Square Shadows for Twitch. It is up to you whether you want to use your Prime or whether you want to gift subs so that way nobody can have ads to interrupt their experience. It's all up to you. It's your decision. I'm just letting you know what's happening, what's new, and this is amazing. Uh, again, this is all thanks to you guys. I really appreciate you guys being here, listening to me talk about professional wrestling. Now let's get down to business by just talking about the elephant in the room of New Japan Pro Wrestling Windy City Riot that was in Chicago. It was last night. It was on Fight TV as well as SJPWWorld.com. Unfortunately for New Japan World subscribers, we did not really get it as a deal part of the subscription that we pay $8 a month for. That was a separate charge. It was about like 24 bucks if you wanted to get it for New Japan World, but you would have had it stuck with the uh, Japanese commentators. Uh, that's what I had it on, so I didn't have any uh, problems or issues like most of my, uh, you know, uh, buddies. But nonetheless, it was a really good card from top to bottom, except for the main event. The main event, we're just going to jump right into the main event, and then we're going to work our way back. Um, because I have theories. You know me, I have theories and conspiracy and all that kind of stuff. So the main event was... Will Ospreay, who is Rev Pro Champion and um, Warrior Wrestling Champion, taking on John Moxley. Okay. Before we get right into it, because I, I will just say bullshit. It was a bullshit match. Oh, see, my chat is awesome. I was about to answer some questions. Uh, <laughs> I was about to answer some questions. Uh, let me just make sure that... Marcus didn't have a question before. Uh, ah, okay. We're going to jump right off of uh, Marcus's um, uh, chat comment saying that uh, Will Ospreay should win because Moxley is not a champion. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is that... Um, Moxley is not carrying New Japan Pro Wrestling on his back the same way that Will Ospreay is carrying the company on his back. Granted, Will Ospreay had a neck injury, a fractured neck, um, similar to what Big E has, and of course he had to be on the shelf. So uh, the Great Ocon and Jeff Cobb, Jeff Cobb, I'm sorry, Jeff Cobb, um, you know, picked up like, I don't want to say the slack, but picked up uh, the pieces because Osprey was healing. Osprey had to go do what he had to go do, even though Osprey was like, yo, I'm the real IWGP World Heavyweight Championship champion. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, no matter what, regardless of the injury, Osprey has been with Japan day one, doing a lot of things inside and outside. And, you know, um, it's really unfair for John Moxley to pick up the win and really unfair for John Moxley to call out Tanahashi because he's getting impatient and, you know, really wants to, like, fight him. It's like, bro, you come around New Japan Pro Wrestling, like, what, once every two to three months? To do what? Nothing. Nothing at all. Like, I don't fucking get it. Like, you know, are you bored at AEW? Is that what it is? Is he bored at AEW what he's doing with uh, the BCC? 
I don't get it. Like, I understand that you want to call out Tanahashi. I totally get that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you got to work your way up. Like, rather than just trying to take out, um, rather than rather than trying to take out the top veteran. So I don't know. Maybe you could be like a fucking legend killer. Like, no, dude. Like, put in the work as much as the New Japan guys have and don't just jump right in fucking line. Right now, Tanahashi is, like, dealing with helping out Tama and taking and, you know, trying to take the Bullet Club down. And you're like, oh, I'm getting impatient. No. Um, no, just no. Um, let me just go back up and see if chat is here. Uh. Uh, Gary says that Moxie was getting his ass kicked the entire match. Yes. Um, which, by the way, we'll, we'll talk about the, the what happens in the match because I I don't like I don't like the formula that's happening. There is a formula that is happening um, in New Japan when it comes to John Moxie fights, and I figured out yesterday why Moxie is like a true definite hit hit or miss for me. Um, and man, I just can't, I just can't anymore. Um, okay. Let me see. Um, okay. Um, uh, um, Gary, I think. Either you said that on Twitch or somebody else said it on Twitch, but um, uh, Gary says that uh, this uh, makes him think that he'll lose the title match against Tanahashi. Um, see, I think now it might be okay if Osprey does lose to Tanahashi, but that's like 50% of me going yes because of story. Um, I mean, I would, I would look at it like this. Like if I had, um, okay. So you did, I, uh, basically said that, um, well, I didn't say I'm just, okay. Let's hypothetically think about this, right guys. Um, if Tanahashi wins the United States championship title, right? He's basically the ace. He's the hope. He's the light in all of this. Um, coming about for like COVID and stuff like that, you know, uh, he brings us happiness through the darkest of times, right? So right now, who's really dealing with like some dark times? Tama and T and Jado. They got kicked out of Bullet Club. If Tanahashi wins the United States Championship title, maybe that can bring some happiness to them, some hope to them, and like uh, invigorate them to, you know get all the titles off of House of Torture. Maybe that could be a motivator. You never know. So maybe it's not a bad thing that Osprey loses. Um, however, on the flip side, if Osprey wins the United States Championship title, it will be a breath of fresh air and it will be something different and unique where, you know, you have the IWGP uh, World Tag Team Champions, Jeff Cobb and Great Khan. You have a champion in Will Ospreay. And then, you know, maybe Hinari could go off and get another title or something like that. But I think it would just be nice to have, like, another title in the United Empire. Uh, so it could do some good. You know, I do know that Osprey is going to be a fighting champion. 
Uh, so there's no doubt about that. Oh, and by the way, why the fuck is um Moxley ever doubting Osprey? When in Osprey's whole entire career, like when has anybody ever doubted this kid? I can understand when people are like, oh, he does too many flips like in his early days, or like he just he was just a hothead kid that, you know, did whatever he wanted, said whatever he wanted, and shit like that. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But like, when the fuck did anybody doubt Osprey? Why would you doubt him? Like, I don't even doubt him. Okay, so just so you guys know, an ad is starting in four minutes. I may or may not snooze it. Um, I definitely do not want you guys to like not listen to anything. You know what? I'm going to snooze it for this because this is a pretty big like segment. Anything else down the line, you know, not. And anyone listening to on audio, anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast. Um, this is what you're going to have to um, deal with uh because i am twitch affiliate so um you know what we're gonna snooze this one and it's gonna snooze for like nine minutes (laughs) i guess again if you have that twitch prime or you want to give subs to not have your experience interrupted go ahead and do so i do want to address marcus's um comment by saying that you know there's a rumor out there which I'm not believing, which by the way, you guys should like not believe the fucking rumors until somebody officially from New Japan Pro Wrestling says it. Um, I really hope that's not Tony Khan's announcement this Wednesday that they're going to have a joint uh, AEW versus like New Japan type of super show or whatever you want to say it because if anything was indication of this fucking pay-per-view is that Oops. Is that, um, (laughs) sorry about that. Is that how does the AW guys, um, get wins on this card when it's not an AEW booked, uh, show, you know, like, why is it not, um, New Japan Pro Wrestling, like, winning all of it. You know, I'm just a little biased for this one. Um, exactly, Gary. Like, none of the AEW guys can hang with, like, New Japan guys. Um, there's probably, like, a few. There's probably a few that can, but not, like, all of them. Um, but, yeah, I'm just gonna say, do not believe the rumors until it is true. Um, you know, so, uh, I really hope they don't have a, a super show because... Right now, Tony Khan is trying to figure out what to do with Ring of Honor, and instead of trying to fix Ring of Honor um, and trying to, you know, tell us the groundwork and the foundation of, like, um, you know, what he has planned, what is he going to do, um, you know, are we going to get it weekly, are we, uh, uh, do they find a TV channel home, did they do this, did they do that, instead of trying to set up home base with home base 2.0 you know i don't think it's a smart decision for him to do a a super show or try to get a super show um for like you know new japan versus aew it makes no fucking sense for that fucking shit to happen like no and anyway i still don't trust tony khan in his booking like his booking of the owen hart cup the owen hart cup um is totally off 
Uh, makes no sense. Really doesn't. Um, other than that, yeah, I really do not want a super show. Until Tony Khan can fix home base and home base 2.0 and worry about AEW and try not to piggyback off of other people's success in this business, I don't want a super show. Um, it's already uh, kind of weird that, you know, um, he is allowed to put AEW programming onto NJPW World. And it's like, who is asking for that? No one is asking for that. As much as Shingo is probably is well, reading the translations, doing a good job in commentary, who is really, really asking over there in Japan for AEW stuff? Like, who who's doing that? I don't even see um, the Japanese uh, Twitter followers that I have um, even asking for it. They'll talk about AEW, but they're not asking, like, uh, Tony Khan, like, hey, you know, can we, you know, is there a way we could see um aew over here you know i don't see any of the uh, japanese accounts in the threads of um you know aew whenever tony khan tweets i don't really see them so again like who's really asking for it instead of trying to build home base he's basically piggybacking off of everybody else and that's a really red flag and it's really sad that nobody else wants to see that shit um yeah, PhD Bound says that um she doesn't trust him, period. Totally, totally get that. Um Yeah. Also, if I was loud before, I'm so sorry. I this this shit gets me a little upset. By the way, here's another reminder. Um, an ad is gonna start in four minutes. Um, I'm probably just gonna talk through it. I apologize for anyone that is gonna see the ad, but there's four minutes before the next ad starts. Um, PhD Bound also says not a not an Osprey fan, but they could have had him losing because of antics last year, Young Lions belt, and plays into the ref. I don't like him. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I totally get it, and I understand uh, what Osprey story is going for. That he has, he's building up a conspiracy um, that, uh, the refs are out to, like, get him and all that stuff. It started with Zach Zabra Jr. I get it. And I would have been fine if it was another New Japan wrestler doing this to Will Ospreay to try to get a win over somebody with a huge-ass name like Will Ospreay. Moxie getting a win over it, like, what does that do? Is, um, are we gonna see Osprey versus Moxie again in, um, May 14th? No, because uh, Moxie called out Tanahashi. Are we going to see Moxie fly over to uh, Japan just to face Osprey over there? No, we're not. He's going to be back in AEW doing AEW things. So it doesn't make any sense for someone who wants to talk a lot of shit to be like, you know, uh, he's the new ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling and all this kind of shit. And it's like, well, you just fucked over Osprey. Like... Why the fuck did you fuck him over? Like, he's one of your loyal guys, you know, no matter what. Moxie just comes and goes whenever he's needed, whenever a paycheck is flashed in front of his face. Um, you know, I just think that it looks really bad on the brand because I can understand if, like, Moxie showed up for every single time there was a, you know, a New Japan Strong taping. If Moxie showed up every single time for a New Japan Strong tapings, in addition to AEW tapings, then yeah, I wouldn't be this upset. But if you're going to come around once every like two months and then talk shit, nah. Um, I really think that they really should have thought it through. 
and I guess we could get into the um the ending of well, we could get into the match. Because uh, there's, there's some stuff that I really just do not like about it. Um, I really don't. Um, hold on. I know you guys are going to see an ad in two minutes. See, I'm prepping you guys because I, I, I feel bad that, you know, if an ad is happening, you guys are going to see it. And then, like, you're going to miss what I'm saying. And I really just don't like that. But that's how I end up paying the bills. Now. Now. Um, but I do appreciate you guys. I really do. I don't know what two minutes now it's like down to two minutes. Um, I don't know if anybody, well, okay. Um, All right. So I got my trusty notes, as you guys can can see. Um, I haven't taken notes in a while because most of the time I'm like, I, I can remember like most of the stuff. But John Moxley versus Will Ospreay was like number eight on the card. Uh, PhD Bound says maybe they are letting another company WWE say you can work with us. Our guys don't always have to win. Um, yeah, we can definitely say that. Um, but the only problem with that is, uh, given the track record of, um, given the track record of Tony Khan and Impact's, um, partnership, that's why I don't, I don't trust it. Uh, that's why I feel like, Tony Khan always has to get the victory. Like his guys has to get the victory no matter what, that he doesn't like losing to, um, you know, the other company. And I'm like, dude, like you got to do it for story. You got to do it for like what makes the most sense. You got to think like, um, how can I say this? If the person is going to show up the next day, then yeah. Um, you guys are gonna have to like continue the story, then that's totally fine. If Moxie was if Moxie was um showing up the next day, uh then basically, yeah, I wouldn't have a problem. Again, um, I just don't trust Tony Khan in his way of thinking that the AEW guys have to win. Because not only did John Moxie win his match on New Japan uh Windy City Riot. Uh, we also had the factory going over the LA Dojo when the LA Dojo has a more better discipline and wrestling training than American training. And it's like, what, <laughs> what is happening here? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, it doesn't make any sense that the new Japan guys that have been training for years go on excursion to come back. And then all of a sudden, fucking loose in the factory. Like, what? Makes no sense. I don't, like, the factory ain't showing up next time. Um, and I don't even know if, like, 
The LA Dojo is gonna go over to uh, you know AEW. Imagine if that should happen. That would be that would be nice. But I don't know if that's gonna happen. Um. All right. We are back from our ad. So um, yeah. We're still talking about John Moxley versus um Will Osprey. Uh, they start out with fighting in the crowd, which is like, all right, cool. You know, it's another Moxley thing. Awesome. Um. The next point I want to make is that Osprey decides to throw the chair at um John Moxley and it looked really okay so like I don't really condone you know just throwing chairs at people so please in the real world do not throw a chair at somebody um just don't do that but in the wrestling world if you are a worker sure throw a chair at somebody um like your opponent uh, but I would have believed that John Moxie got busted open with the chair rather than fucking blading himself. And the camera did catch the fact that Moxie bladed himself. And I'm here like, oh my God. But he caught it. I, I would say this time that the, the cameraman caught it on accident because they wanted to show what happened, like, you know, him being down and stuff. But you can definitely see Moxie tucking in something into um his uh wrist tape. So yeah, you could definitely like see it. Um so I don't like the fact that Moxie has to blade himself every single time he has a match that is sort of like a deathmatch slash hardcore-esque type of match. It does not need blood all the time. It really doesn't. Um you know, I can understand that Moxie's playing off of the uh, I'm unhinged and I'm insane. Well, how long is that going to get you over? Like, I know he's over. I know people love Moxie. I know they do. But in hindsight, how does that help you evolve your character? What happens if you really, truly do need to turn babyface because you got betrayed? Case in point, uh, Tom attorney babyface. That's going to be a very hard transition for Moxie if he ever needed to turn babyface or like become another character, become another persona when all he's doing in these matches is making himself bleed. For what purpose? I really thought that when he was going to rehab to, you know, get rid of his demons and stuff like that, that that would have been one of them too because it really was kind of odd that during the whole entire, um, you know, his GCW run, that shit makes him feel alive. And if going through tables and busting yourself open and, you know, not protecting yourself during, during chair shots, if that makes you feel alive, then you're going to have to like go into fucking therapy. You know, I understand wrestling is a sport. Wrestling is an art. And I say it all the time. However, um, I just don't think that Blood is always needed. I don't think that violence is always needed. You could always get the story across with the basics, with, you know, your wrestling ability and your talent. Osprey has a lot of wrestling ability and a lot of talent. He also has a lot of good in-ring storytelling ability that I truly love and I like to watch, depending on who he's wrestling. John Moxley, not so much. John Moxley is so, you know, absorbed in the whole, I have to bleed for every match. That it's like, bro, are you really truly healed? Like, I don't really think he is because he has to do that shit. Um, so I would have been fine 
if he did not blade himself in order to bleed um, when the chair got thrown at him. Now, if you really want to think about it in like real life terms, if somebody did throw a chair at you and they really had a really good angle at like throwing the chair, yes, it can like bust you open no matter what. It could it could really do that. However, I mean, when you're blading yourself, you're just like taking away, um, taking away the fact that it can, um, you know, bust you open. Um, I, again, I really don't think that blood was needed. And I also think I, I read somewhere that Osprey also sort of like bladed himself a little bit so that he could bleed and whatnot. Um, and it's like, I get it too. Osprey is getting the whole treatment of, um, you know, uh, he's insane. He's unhinged as well. Um, but man, I'm just like, do we really need to bleed? Really? Do we really need to? I would like it if we had the challenge of if you're facing John Moxley, don't let him uh persuade you to bleed in his match. Um, because at this point it's becoming like Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes, where they always have to have either like a table spot or you know, they're always bleeding, and this is before Cody went back to WWE. Um, but it's one of those things of like, yo, do we really need John Moxie to fucking bleed all the time? You know, I don't, I don't get it. Do we need that? Um, let's see. Going further into the match, um, Will Ospreay does some, um, you know, forearm shots to the back of, uh, John Moxie's head. Uh, the referee tries to stop it, um, you know, not really stop the match, but try to stop Osprey to remind him that he really can't do that. Um, Osprey shoves uh, the referee out the way, um, you know, which is, again, playing into his character that Osprey wants to do whatever Osprey wants to do, um, you know, to end the match. And I totally get that. I, I totally got the story. The problem is, is that, like, you know, again, did, do we really need... Um, all that blood and stuff. Um, so other than that, uh, there was that huge clothesline and then the curb stomp to Osprey. And obviously that's a jab at, um, you know, Seth Rollins. Um, I would really love this forbidden door to be open between WWE and, um, uh, new Japan pro wrestling just to make some, you know, one-off, um, matches like, you know, uh, we all thought that this WrestleMania was going to suffer, but we all had fun this WrestleMania. But imagine next WrestleMania where, like, we could get some fantasy matches for, like, night two. You know, put put most of your card with most of your champions on night one, especially if you're unifying most of the belts. Just put it on night one. And then, like, night two is all fantasy matches for, like, New Japan and WWE because I don't even know if AEW wants to work with them. Probably not. But then again, you know, uh, something like that will make money. So why not, right? You know, don't ever, don't ever leave money on the table. If you could find a way to um, get that money into your pocket, you know, go ahead and do so. Make sure it's sort of like ethical. I'm just saying. Um, so uh, here comes uh, Osprey with a huge Spanish Spanish fly, and then uh, the hidden blade, which now he's doing the hidden blade like in front of people. And that's kind of like interesting to say the least. Um, and then this is where we're going to talk about the finish of the match. Cause the finish of the match is super fucking weird. Um, 
I I even had to like rewatch it today to be like, all right, how did it really happen? Because yesterday, for some reason, uh, my feed like towards um like for that match only, the feed got separated where like the the audio was ahead of the video, and I'm like, oh my god, that's not cool. Um, but even I was like, my first initial reaction was like, what the fuck happened, right? Like I don't I don't know, um, you know, um, what happened, um. So what happens is that John Moxley ends up doing um two DDTs, uh, which I totally forgot what he calls them. I think they're they're called uh um I totally forgot what they're called. But um it's definitely not what he does in AEW. Um so uh he ends up doing two DDTs. No, I'm sorry, he does the DDT and then a brain buster. Um, and then goes for the cover. Um, the referee goes and counts one, two, three. And at the same time that the referee's hand hits the mat, that's when Osprey's shoulder like goes up. And then all of a sudden the referee gets up, rings the bell. And in the same time frame, um, Moxley turns over uh, Osprey and puts him in that, like, it's not really the bully choke, but puts him in a choke. Um, and that's when Osprey taps, but it really doesn't matter because the bell is already rung and the match is already done. And um, the crowd is like, what the fuck happened? You know, like, I'm even like, what the fuck happened? Gary in chat is like, what the fuck happened? PhD Bound is what the fuck happened? Um, Marcus is probably like, what the fuck happened to? Because Marcus was like, Osprey shouldn't be losing if he's a champion. Totally, totally get it. Yeah. Awesome. That's, that's, that's another way of looking at it. Um, but yeah, like it just doesn't make any sense. Um, I can understand that. Um, so I guess Osprey really did lose but like should have never lost if that makes sense i like it's really difficult to call it even when you look back and like watch it and like really see how the positioning was as soon as that hand came down that was exactly the same moment of osprey's hand um like his shoulder popping off the mat and usually in wwe they would you know the referee would curve in if that were to happen and be like, no, it was only two. Um, but then again, I'm not sure if we're going to know the actual finish of the match. I don't know if it was supposed to be a pinfall or he was supposed to get him in the choke and then that was it. Um, but obviously, if he got him in the choke, then that definitely means that um, Osprey was going to tap anyway. Um, yeah, uh, that is how the the finish happens. I really think that um we didn't really need moxie to go over just for him to challenge tanahashi and that moxie is going to see tanahashi over at um may 14th in uh washington tanahashi is already um scheduled to fight chris dickinson like, is he really going to go and mess up that match uh, between Tanahashi and Chris Dickinson? You know, New Japan sort of, like, upholds the uh, moniker of um, 
you know, being respectful and, you know, but having a match um, and stuff like that. Not necessarily like going in there and uh, cheating unless like your bullet club, but that's a whole nother um, thing that we're going to get to in a second. Um, but yeah, I just don't think that that was the right call. I don't think that was the right decision. Cause again, um, you know, uh, Osprey is there carrying the company. Osprey is there, you know, leading the charge, um, building up the United empire, um, adding people to, um, you know, his group and stuff like that. His group just grew by one member, which is Francesco Akira, who was, uh, um, the previous all Japan pro wrestling, um, champion. So, you know, Osprey is helping new Japan. What is Moxie doing? Moxie is not helping new Japan. It's always Osprey. So for Osprey to lose to Moxie is very fucking stupid. Um, and that was probably the only thing that got me upset because everything else on the card was nice. Everything on the card, you know, made sense except for, you know, the factory winning, um, which made, which is stupid. But yeah, um, if anyone has uh, some more questions or comments about it before I move on to uh, the beginning of the card, uh, then let me know in chat. Also, make sure to tell your friends that I'm live. Uh, but yeah. Um, that's just my take on it about Osprey should have never lost. Um, because again, it's that, it's that whole mentality of um, CM Punk's mentality when he was like, what's the point of him losing to like an Undertaker, um, so to speak, because Undertaker's not going to show up on, you know, uh, the Monday after uh, like WrestleMania or something or like a big pay-per-view. Like, what's the point of losing to The Rock if he's not going to show up, you know, the next night? Like, what's the point of losing to these big part-timer guys if they're not going to show up? That's how I'm thinking about it when this whole thing of, Osprey losing to to uh, Moxley um, is happening. Like you know, Moxley's not showing up on the next uh, New Japan Strong, um, even though Osprey has to finish out his uh, indie duties uh, this week. Uh, he'll definitely be in Japan next week or maybe the week after that, depending on like his schedule. But there's no reports on you know what's Moxley gonna do next. No, no reports at all. Um, you know, so. Yeah. Um, if no one else has any questions or anything like that, um, then I can move on to the beginning of the card. Um, which, by the way, the ones who wanted to like hear my rants about this are not even here. <laughs> They're going to have to catch the replay. They're going to have to catch the VOD. That's what they're going to have to do. Um, unless. Um, oh. Give me a second here, guys. 
Okay. All right. Um. I am going to run some ads because I need to take a quick bathroom break. So I think that's the perfect time for me to run ads so that you guys don't miss a thing. But yeah, make sure to go tell your friends so that way we can all celebrate my achievement. All right. Oh. Damn. All right. So the ad is still in progress. Um, I'm gonna have to try to figure out a way. Um, of like using the ads plus using like a regular ad break. Um, to like if I want to tell you guys to get up and stretch and you know all this kind of stuff. Um. I post anyway, it's Easter Sunday, so I kind of figure that, like, I don't know if many people are going to show up. But, as always, I love the ones who, who, uh, show up anyway. So, let's go and talk about the beginning of the card. So, like I said, the beginning of the card had the factory take on the LA Dojo. The LA Dojo is, um, it's basically all the guys, but in this match, Specifically, it was Carl Fredericks, Clark Connors. You, I was gonna say it wrong, but I, I already know his name. Yuya, Yomura, um, and then also, wait, it was only a triple threat. Yeah. So again, the LA Dojo consisted of Carl Fredericks, Yuya, Clark Connors taking on. QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, and we're gonna call him the Beast. I think it's his name is uh Camarado. Uh that's the only thing like I remember. I remember his last name. Uh so this was an okay match. It was a nice match to get the crowd going, uh, to get the crowd hyped and stuff. 
So, um, you know, uh, QT Marshall in this match uh, attempted to do the people's elbow. And, you know, I get it. They're in front of an American crowd. And, you know, if the freaking factory wasn't so goofy, I think I'll take them serious. Like, I just can't. I know that they are more for, like, the entertainment side of things. But other than that, it's like, nah, man. Like, I don't understand. I don't know. Um, I don't get it. But, yeah, he attempted to do the people's elbow. He didn't do that, though. But, um, you know, he landed, you know, face first. That hurt him a lot. And, you know, that that was that. Uh, Clark Connors doing a fucking spear to Aaron Solo through the ropes. Um, like, the corner ropes. Not even, like, your the middle ropes. Like, the corner ropes. Um, Clark Connors, man, he's, he's really gifted. He's, uh, really, really good in the ring. Um, I would like to see Clark Connors versus, uh, Hangman Adam Page. Uh, it would be kind of funny if we get, like, a brotherline story, uh, just because, like, they look very similar. There's the same hair, um, maybe the same build. They're both from Virginia, so it makes a lot of sense to, like, make them into, like, brothers and, like, do that. Um... Other than that, um, the ending of this match was really fucking stupid. Um, even though it's clever because I don't know, I don't remember if anyone ever tried this with Yuya. So Yuya likes to do his like double underhook, um, throw, uh, to the opponent. Um, however, uh, QT Marshall decided to low blow him and that allows, uh, QT Marshall to, uh, crawl over, get the one, two, three and bam, that's it. Uh, the factory wins. Now, here is my question. This is the same question that um, I asked about for the main event. But this time it's going to be a little bit different. Will the LA Dojo guys show up on AEW Dynamite just to take out QT Marshall and the rest of the factory? Is that going to happen? If it's not going to happen, then what's the fucking point of the LA Dojo, which is more disciplined um, and more technically sound in professional wrestling that basically they go through a grueling day of training only to then graduate, go to excursion, come back to be a better version of themselves. Like... What's the point of all that? Are you telling them that just because like they they're they're I get that they're still young lions even though they all graduated. Um, but at this point, it's like they should have got the victory because again, they're the ones carrying the LA Dojo on their back. They're the ones that are carrying New Japan on their back. They're a representation of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and some people from the factory want to come in and start some shit. Because you want to go and grab up Carl Fredericks and be like, yo, come with us to the factory? No. If anything, um, like, I personally think that New Japan Pro Wrestling has one of the best, like, trains out there that you can understand why they do certain things. Uh, you know, there's a little personality here and there and stuff like that. You know, it may seem boring to other people. It may seem like it's tedious or they don't understand it because... You know, they just think it's all chops and, and, and uh, you know, forearms and stuff. And I could get that. I totally understand that. But at the same time, these guys have passion. They have heart. They got fire. They got desire. They have ambition. They really want to be the best. And that's, like, their overall story. And I know, like, almost everybody has that. But other than that, it's like, 
um, you know, why would you have the LA Dojo lose if they're not going to show up on Dynamite? If that's not going to be one of the, like, graphics or whatever. Like, you know, are they going to show up unannounced? Like, that would be, that'd be great if they show up unannounced. Um, other than that, like, you know, I don't know. But I still think it's fucking stupid that um, they got, uh, you know, the LA Dojo losing to the fucking factory. Um, all right. The next match is a 10-man tag. We have the rest, the, the West Coast Wrecking Crew, which consists of Kratos, Danny Limelight, Black Tiger, uh, Royce Isaacs, and Jarrell Nelson. Taking on Fred Rosser, Ren Narita, Dickinson, Josh Alexander, and Alex Coughlin. And I really like the fact that Josh Alexander is in this match and he and he shined a little bit in this match. Uh, because there are like 10 people, it's a little bit hard to follow. Um, I will say that uh, Ren Narita is looking like Shibata every single fucking day. I still want to know if Ren Narita is... Uh, Shibata's like one night stand kid. I really want to know. I want to know if if Ren Narita is related to Shibata in any way. Of like that's his fucking dad because they look so similar, like father, like son. And I'm like, yo, is is this your son? Which, by the way, I would totally ask Shibata if I could. I would definitely ask him, like, yo, when's the last time you had like a one night stand? Um, and like, hopefully, I get an answer. Hey, Baymax, what's up? Welcome to the chat. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, man. Um, definitely long lost son, man. Like, definitely. But yeah, I would definitely ask Shibata. Like, yeah, when's the last time you had a one night stand? Like, could Ren Narita be your fucking kid? Like, I need to know. Um, so, um, this was a very interesting uh ten man tag. You had Alex Coglin picking up Kratos to do a vertical suplex. And you know Kratos is not a small guy. Kratos is a big-ass guy um, that will take you to hell. I don't know why I wanted to say that, but he he gives me those vibes. He gives me those vibes. Um, Josh Alexander throws uh, Danny down onto the uh, ring apron. Uh, this is when uh, Danny Limelight tried to do. Um, hold on. Oh, tries to get the one up on Alex Coglin, but Alex Coglin like uh, sidesteps and Danny jumps into uh, Josh Alexander. Josh is just like, nah, fuck you. And that's it. Uh, basically drops him on there. Uh, yeah. Baymax, that was definitely a lot of way for, for Coglin. Uh, to to hold and to throw, uh, but Alex Coglin, you know, works out. He got um, you know, the muscle for it, so all good. Um, and then speaking of Kratos, Kratos goes and jumps from corner to corner. So he's in one corner, goes goes to the other one. Jumps over the the corner and knocks out, um, knocks out the group of guys that are waiting on the outside, um, and takes everybody out. Luckily, no one got hurt, which is a good thing. 
but they went and jumped. Um, no, he went and jumped and uh, took everybody out. Um, other than that, Fred Rosser is such a maniac in the ring. Uh, he is more vicious in the ring, um, and he definitely put on a vicious uh, chicken wing hold to Black Tiger. Yeah, Black Tiger. I was going to be like Black Tiger mask. But no, he put on a chicken wing hold to Black Tiger and uh, basically uh, won the match for his team. So the team of Fred Rosser, Ren Narita, Charles Dickinson, Josh Alexander, and Alex Coughlin won that 10-man tag, which was all over the place. But it was really nice second match after the opening match. Um, now, after that, Tom Lawler comes out and, like, I believe he's, yeah, he starts beating the shit out of Fred Rosser. Um, and then Yuji Nagata comes out and Nagata is challenging Tom Lawler for that, uh, strong openweight championship title, which by the way, Tom Lawler has that title for close to over a year. Uh, only had like nine defenses. And as much as I enjoy certain Tom Lawler matches, he's not like my overall favorite, but, um, you know, I really think, um, I really do think that, uh, it's time to get the belt off of him and put it on somebody else. If we're going to keep Jay White in New Japan strong, if he is not going to be showing up for the G1, uh, this year, uh, because of whatever reason may be, and by the way, on, uh, this channel here for the Square Circle Podcast, even you know, for all that, for all the stuff that I do. So for the Square Circle Podcast, we like to keep everything kayfabe. So do not ever tell me that it's a problem with his visa or whatever the case may be. We're keeping it kayfabe. If Jay White does not want to go over to Japan just yet, if he is not going to be entered into this year's G1, then I would say let's have Jay White versus Tom Lawler for that strong openweight championship title. So that way the US of J tour can definitely be a lot more. There's something on the line. There's something that Jay White needs to fight for. There's something that Jay White needs to protect other than the Bullet Club, which I'll get to my theories about Bullet Club when we get to the match. Um, which, by the way, if you guys want to hear that, um, if you guys want to hear that in full without any interruptions, uh, because your girl here is Twitch affiliate, you guys can uh, send over that Twitch Prime, which is uh, for free, or you could gift uh, the community to, uh, you could gift some subs if you want to. Um, but I'm just giving you guys a heads up. We have. 27 minutes before the next ad plays. Uh, so I'm just letting you guys know. I am probably going to be the best streamer out here because I give you guys updates about when the next ad is going to play. <laughs> just because I feel bad that there, that there are ads, but this is now a little way of me, you know, uh, trying to make some money on the side. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, back to uh, wrestling. Um, I would definitely have Jay White challenged Tom Lawler for that belt. Take the belt off of Tom Lawler and have Jay White have something to protect other than Bullet Club, uh, which right now it's a mess. Um, and knowing Jay White's character, he does not like messes. 
um you know i don't know where they're going with this where where bullet club is going with this but we'll get there anyway town lawler versus nagata is uh happening as the third match on the card for uh new japan windy city and um the only highlight of the match was the crossface uh counter that uh tom lawler did to uh nagata so nagata has the crossface as his finisher he calls it the nagata lock and because tom lawler has an mma background and a fighting background uh he reached over grabbed uh nagata's leg and basically did an ankle lock and then rolled that ankle lock into a um <coughs> sorry into a clover leap lock uh, to where eventually Nagata got to the bottom rope, caused a rope break, and they and um Tom Lawler had to release it. Um, then we get um this really stupid ass finisher, uh, for the match where um Tom Lawler basically like knocked down Nagata. Nagata kicked out like a two, got up, got like his third win. Uh, was firing up, had a comeback. And then all of a sudden, uh, freaking Tom Lawler uh, grabs him, does like this straight jacket um, maneuver, and uh, basically rams a knee into Nagata's back, uh, crawls on top of him, one, two, three. Tom Lawler is still our strong openweight champion. And, you know, as much as Nagata put up a fight, I'm like, yo, it would have been interesting if he was strong champion. But then again, he would have had to stay out here for a little bit. Uh, to defend that belt. Um, but yeah, like, I don't understand why they had to finish the match like that. It was very uh, stupid. So, now, I gotta get comfortable, guys. Uh, now we get to one of my favorite matches on this card. Um, one of my favorite matches is United Empire versus bullet club and man like i cannot say this enough man and i and i tell this to hinari every chance that i get um hinari knows that i put him over on this podcast all the time um and i am super fucking proud of hinari it's very proud of hinari hinari came a very long way from when he first came into uh new japan pro wrestling as a young lion um and when he graduated obviously they wanted him to be his islander self where you know um similar to how the rock first debuted uh that type of thing similar to how the usos first debuted um but that wasn't really working for hinari um i went back to go watch a couple of his matches when he first started out and um from then all the way to now you can see the transformation of this guy. Um, he still has a lot more uh, potential. Uh, he still has a lot more training to go, but it's not as much as before. Um, he definitely learned a lot. And by being with the United Empire, uh, he has definitely grown into his own person. And he has definitely grown into his own uh, wrestler. And again, I'm going to just say it that I am super proud of Hinari. Um, the first time that like I've ever seen him wrestle wrestle was probably back at like New Japan Cup during 2020. Um, 
And ever since then, like, you know, uh, he's a really, he's a really cool guy. Uh, he's a really cool guy. Um, if you guys saw the meet and greet that the, that the United Empire did, um, they have with, with the token shop, they have it up on their YouTube channel and Hinari is adorable. <laughs> he has, he has just such an adorableness about him. Um, and I really am a fan of, uh, the great Okan as well. Uh, the great Okan just grew on me, right? Cause I wasn't getting it at the time. Um, I really wasn't getting it, uh, with the great Okan and his character, but his character definitely has grown on me and, um, he's very talented, very, very talented guy. Uh, and I give him props for speaking in English, uh, during that meet and greet, uh, online, that virtual meet and greet. That was a really cool thing. Um, Jeff Cobb, Jeff Cobb is amazing. He knows this. Um, Jeff Cobb does a really great moonsault, uh, to people, uh, too bad he didn't do it in this match. Like it would have been nice if he would have hit the, the moonsault. So that way, uh, you know, he get that big, nice pop from the American crowd. Uh, but he really does a really nice, uh, moonsault. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, TJP, TJP is all over the place. Uh, I'm not saying that in a good or bad way, but he is everywhere when it comes to professional wrestling. Um, he's just, he keeps everybody on their toes. That's one thing. That's what he does. Um, and I am happy to see that, um, Aussie open, uh, finally got their spotlight. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, if it wasn't for Aussie Lucian to, uh, like really show me some Aussie open, uh, matches, uh, I mean, I probably would have still been impressed, uh, but just knowing that we were able to watch their tag match, uh, together from Australia, which, um, uh, I do, uh, watch alongs here. Uh, so if you guys ever want to do, or like chill with me for a bit to, uh, watch wrestling, make sure to hit that follow button. And also if you want uh, send over those, uh, Twitch primes, uh, so that way you don't get interrupted with any ads. Um, cause I really do want to start doing more, um, uh, watch alongs with, uh, watch alongs with you guys. No, what are you doing? No, that's right. She is an affiliate now. So send over those Twitch primes and subscribe to Marie Shadows here on the Square Circle Podcast so you guys can get all the wrestling action, all the wrestling information, and the new Japan queen of the New York City line. Make sure to go follow Ravage Dragon at Ravage Dragon over on Twitter. He is currently streaming right now, guys. <laughs> I am the queen of New Japan now. As dubbed by him. But yeah, there goes there goes our ad. <laughs> um Okay. Um anyway. What was I talking about? United Empire versus Bullet Club, right? Um, so yeah. Um, this match, we really have to dissect this match. Uh before we do that, let me see if I can get some um I don't think 
that New Japan put up pictures yet. Um, by the way, I'm going to let that little thing sit in. So if you guys want to, you guys can, you know, hype it up in chat. Um, while I search for a picture that I want to search for. Um, which I'm probably going to have to cut this out anyway, so. Yeah, they're not going to have any pictures up. Oh, there was a dark match. Oh, I didn't know there was a dark match. Uh, there's no fucking pictures. Um. Alright. So I guess not. We're gonna have to do this by... Well. Probably not. Hold on. So while I'm doing this, for anyone that is watching or lurking, uh, here is my question to you. What was your favorite match on this card? Let me know in the comments. Um, I will look at comments in a second. Um, okay. I want to. I want a picture of a bullet club because there's a specific thing that I want to talk about. But I don't know if anyone has a good picture of the bullet club that we saw um for anyone that saw like windy city riot yesterday um This is me while I'm looking for the pictures on, on Twitter. Uh, all right, so I guess. Um.
we could watch a little bit of of something. All right, so there is one picture that I could deal with. This is storytelling. Um, it may not be the best picture, but this is storytelling, and I need this for you guys to understand the Bullet Club storyline because now we got a little bit more story to talk about. Of course, we got story to talk about Bullet Club. Um, just to see where everybody is at. Um, okay, so let's replace this one with and by the way, I don't know how many people here that are watching know the whole story of the Bullet Club drama uh, which I have no problem repeating everything um okay the only problem is that I can't draw on this. I wish that there was a plugin where I can like draw on this. Uh I would have to like Oh wait. I could draw on it. Let's hope that it works, man. Like every time that you guys visit, it should be like classes in session. That's what it should be like, okay? Let me take this out. Let me have this. Uh, it's not what I wanted. It's not going to do it. Why is it not going to do it? Um, oh. Come on, go to photos. I try so hard to like do fun things. I'm going to have to like really look this up on how to like do fun things. Like easier fun things. I hate this. All right. You know what we're going to do? You guys are just going to have to listen to me. And like for any of the audio listeners, you're going to have to like use your imagination. I try making it as interactive as I can on my live streams. And I think I got to like test this out like on a day where like we're not doing a podcast podcast. All right. So as you know, it was it was the United Empire taking on Bullet Club members, uh, which is basically this time around it was Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows, uh, Hikaleo, Chris Bay, um, El Phantasmo, and the newest addition, Scott Norton. 
uh, which Scott Norman was part of NWO back in the day. And, you know, I guess this was a, um, a Carl Anderson, Lou Gallows thing, because I don't think, even though Jay doesn't care, Jay should care. Um, but other than that, like, you know, it just, Scott Norton is there. It's cool. It was cool. But, you know, it's still like, Bullet Club, what the fuck are you doing? Anyway, I don't know if you you could probably see it in the picture. But, and no, I cannot zoom in on the picture. Um, Hikaleo is wearing uh, his tights. And the tights are red with, like, yellow in them. But they're red. That still means that he's conflicted. In this whole entire story. So that means that a New Japan mutiny. Hikaleo probably lost. To. Uh, Jay White. During the Jay White Open Challenge. I did not see. Or read the. Um, uh, the spoilers. For that. Uh, but it just made, it just makes sense. If Hikaleo is coming out in this match. In this huge ass match. With Thomas Colors on. So that's what's that that's what's telling me that. Uh I'm still waiting for the day that Hikaleo breaks away from Bullet Club just to join his brothers. Eventually we're gonna have to get like G.O.D. and Jado over here to the States. Um just to, you know, uh do some story here. I'm so sorry. Uh do some story here, uh create some more story. But see. When I was talking last time about how to make a wrestling character and how to, you know, talk about story and use the three act uh, structure to basically make your uh, wrestler, Hikaleo got down packed. Uh, Hikaleo is conflicted and the tiniest of things really do, you know, work. Uh, depending on what kind of tights he wants to wear, depending on what he wants to do. And obviously he wasn't really like with the group anyway. Um even though they all like came out together, you could just see he went his own way. He really didn't care about like posing too much. He's just like, I'm just here for business. It's not like he's there for like friendship. He's there for business. And then obviously, uh, Hinari like really mouthing off at him and shit like that. Uh, which is, which is kind of great. I want to see, uh, Hinari versus, um, Hikaleo a lot more. Um, I want those series of matches. And stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, I really do. I really want to see Hinari versus uh, Hikaleo a lot more. Uh, the whole entire match of this was pretty fun to watch. I had an amazing time watching it. I love the fact that the United Empire is so over with the crowd. Uh, yeah, I can't believe that they're that you know the three guys like Jeff Cobb, Great Khan, and Hinari are so over with the crowd. Um, I'm just really, like I said in, in the beginning of all this, that I am super proud of all of them. Um, then we have Bullet Club taking advantage. Bullet Club with their back rakes because of El Phantasmo. El Phantasmo leads, leads the whole back rake thing. Uh, so, you know, it's just like, really do? Like, what the fuck? Um, then... Uh, we have uh, Doc Gallows and uh, Carl Anderson looking at and facing off. Sorry. Uh, facing off, uh, you know, 
and mouthing off to the IWGP World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Jeff Cobb and uh, the Great Okan. Eventually, I think that they're going to come over to Japan so that way they can, like, fight them. Jeff, uh, not Jeff Cobb, uh, the Great Okan with his Mongolian chops and his screaming is just hilarious. Um, and then Aussie Open really destroyed uh, Chris Bay um, with their finisher, and they picked up the victory for United Empire. And I was like, wow, what? I did not think that the United Empire was going to go over. See, the United Empire gets all this momentum, but then somehow in New Japan, they end up, like, losing something huge. And, like, sort of their momentum stops. Here, they went over. And I'm like, Yo, that's awesome. That's fucking great. Like, I didn't really know what to think. I was like, yo, I didn't think that they were going to go over. I thought Bullet Club was going to go over because Bullet Club's a more um, known uh, name out here in the States. They make a lot of more money out here in the States. Uh, and they're over. And, like, Jay White is the leader of the uh, Bullet Club. Uh, so, you know, it makes sense for Bullet Club to go over, right? I guess when you look at, like, all the numbers and shit yeah like bullet club should go over but for them to have united empire go over go over that means that they still have faith in the united empire and plus we get to uh talk about my favorite thing which is conspiracy theories it's only my favorite thing when it comes to wrestling and when it comes to bullet club and everything that's been going on with bullet club and god so this is why like conspiracy theories are like my, my thing here um just a heads up, if you want to listen to my conspiracy theories, uh, make sure to uh, lend me that Twitch Prime or gift some subs to the chat, uh, just so that way the ads does not interrupt your experience. You got four minutes. Four minutes before ad starts. Uh, the only reason why I keep reminding you guys is so that way you don't miss anything of what I'm saying um, and you can enjoy your experience. Um... I'm not trying to, you know, rub it all in your faces. It's just, I want you guys to be here with me. We're here talking about this. We're here having a good time. Um, if you don't want that experience interrupted, the best way to go is at Twitch Prime. Which I'll be so grateful for. I feel like my nose is gonna like. Mm. All right, so. All right, we can keep going. So here are my conspiracy theories, right? Jay White likes to have everything in. A box that doesn't in a box that doesn't really get too full. No, I could do that I could do that better. Cause Jay White always does things where it makes sense. Jay White always does things where like um all the pieces are in the box. And you have 100% completion of the puzzle in the box. 
um, like going back to when he lost to Ibushi, um, when he came back for New Year's Dash, that, um, oh no, after, after New Year's Dash, I'm sorry, he went straight after Ishii, and he said that, you know, Ishii, because I lost to you, uh, that's why I couldn't beat Kota Ibushi, uh, you were the missing piece. Jay White likes to, um, ads are about to start in two minutes, guys, just so you know. Um, if you don't want your experience interrupted, Twitch Prime is the way to go. Um, so Jay White doesn't like when things are out of whack in a way. So Bullet Club losing, right? When they have a supposed legend on their team. And by the way, Scott Norton is a two-time IWGP heavyweight champion. Um, so, you know, with having that kind of star power on Bullet Club, you would think that Bullet Club would not lose. So, JY really doesn't like losing. You see every time JY loses, like, this guy goes a little bit insane and you're like, oh shit, you know, let's not get him upset or anything. So, you know, seeing Bullet Club lose to United Empire, which I totally believe that that is their, um, their biggest rival, because the United Empire is really strong and can really rival Bullet Club um, with the numbers. They can really do it. Um, eventually, Jay is going to see that it probably wasn't worth it to have a partnership with the Good Brothers. Um, and eventually, the Good Brothers are going to be cut out. That's what I think. That's one theory, that um, if they're going to keep losing, if Bullet Club is going to keep losing, then eventually Jay is going to you know, maybe kick them out and be like, this isn't a really good thing. Um, you know, I don't see Jay keeping around, uh, people who, uh, don't pull their weight. Um, you know, eventually house of torture might end up leaving as well. Uh, just because it's like, what's the point of them being there? Um, and then also like, it doesn't seem like the house, like house of torture talks to anybody else in bullet club. So it's, again, it's like, you don't need Bullet Club. You can stand on your own. House of Torture can stand on their own. Uh, they don't really need Bullet Club. But I really think that after this loss, this loss sort of hurts Bullet Club in this storyline, especially if Jay White wants to, um, you know, be, uh, you know, the catalyst of professional wrestling. Which, by the way, I do not believe um, that he is a catalyst of professional wrestling. I said the last time on the last podcast episode that I do not believe he is because it makes no sense. Anybody could have been in that um, position in order for him to, uh, you know, in order for that person to be the catalyst. It could have been anyone else but Jay, you know? That's why I don't believe that Jay is the catalyst of professional wrestling. I don't believe that he's the catalyst. Actually, wait, I do believe that he's the catalyst for kicking out uh, Tama and T and believing that they're the problems. And it's like, no, sometimes you have to protect what you built uh, because you can't be friends with everybody if you're a team. If you're friends with everybody, if you're a team, you end up like chaos. You end up like Okada's team. Anybody could join that. The same thing with Hantai. Anybody could join Hantai. Like, Tama and T were defending and protecting Bullet Club. 
by not allowing, you know, idiots to run it, not allowing idiots to run the name of Bullet Club down to the ground. But now we have the more jokey, jokey side of Bullet Club, which you saw during Windy City Riot. And it's like, guys, you guys supposed to be Bullet Club. You're not supposed to be bigger than Bullet Club. Like, you know, represent it like you would something else that you're proud of. The same way that United Empire represents United Empire and they are all proud to represent, um, you know, United Empire. PhD Bound says a very good point here. Um, Jay first lost. Oh, Jay, Jay's first loss should be the Tama. It should. It should definitely be the Tama. Um, if they can work out after... You know, maybe maybe it wouldn't be a good idea for Jay to enter into the G1. I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say this. I don't think Jay is going to enter into the G1. Uh, so that way when Tama enters into the G1 um and wins the G1, uh he can fly over to the States and challenge Jay in one of the uh JY open challenge matches and win against them. And I think that would definitely uh boost up the storyline, definitely create a more desperate J. To the point of getting Gato involved. Because you know, Jay has been putting wonderful matches out uh with his uh US of Tour. US of A yo, US of J Tour. So yeah, man, BC is definitely going to regret kicking uh, Tama and T out. Uh, and kick J out. Um, eventually, that might happen. I mean, like, I don't know. But I do think that, uh, you know, it'll give more story. It'll give a new layer to this whole complicated thing. Because, again, like, J hasn't even talked about it. You know, um, obviously he did it for business and I can see that, um, even though I think in the back of his mind, it's like a little personal, it's definitely a little personal, but the outside facade of like Jay White on like just going as business as normal, that's the facade we're going to get. But once Thomas shows up, it's all going to turn personal. I just think it's all going to turn personal. It's not going to be business at this point. Um, but I would say that for the first time that they fight that Jay and uh Tama fight uh during that open challenge it should end in a draw for the first time because it wouldn't be sort of fair if like um if Tama won the G1 uh goes fight uh Jay White and then like wins against Jay White and gives him his first loss I really do think that it should end in a draw to like kind of draw this out because I want story in between. I want promos in between. I want um, something where, like, it progresses the story. Uh, the only thing that I can see is that um, Tama T and, J and Jado get the uh, never six-man tag uh, championships. Um, maybe make Tama a fucking dual champion by giving him the never open weight as well. But then I'm not sure if that's a good idea or not. Um, so yeah, uh, have that and then, you know, have him fly out here and face Jay and see if Jay wants to challenge for one of those titles and it'll be something interesting. 
all while trying to tell us the story of like, did you really kick them out because they were troublemakers? Did you really kick them out because Tama was having the most trouble with people? Like when you're a leader, you gotta do shit that's not gonna be agreed upon. You gotta do shit that's best for the the team. And basically, like, if you're allowing idiots to come in and make a mockery of the name Bullet Club that Finn Balor started and forgot the fucking morals and the values of it, then, you know, yeah, um, you know, you got to kick out people. You got to make the tough decisions. And Jay makes the tough decisions when he uh, when his back is against the wall. Right now, his back is not against the wall because money is coming in and, you know, he feels like this is good. This is a good partnership. And you can see it. The writing is on the wall. The money is coming into Bullet Club. Like, they're not in danger in anything and they're not going to be breaking up anytime soon if anybody out there wants to believe that. Like, um, that's not happening. Uh, so, right now, Jay is pretty comfortable, um, you know. Uh, PhD Bounce says Hikaleo re realizes right now he is outnumbered. Uh, keep enemies close. Yes, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. If I, but like, I really thought that after, if, I mean, it probably should be because if not, people would have been talking about it. I didn't read the spoilers yet, but like, most likely Jay did win against Hikaleo. So I was like, you know, since that's the case, I really thought that they would have kicked him out. It would have been like, oh, you could go join your brothers. You know, you, you could go join them because, you know, you're just as weak as them and you're problematic. If, like, if Jay White really wanted to be the catalyst of professional wrestling, he probably would have kicked out Hikaleo after beating him, if he did beat him. Because, um, again, I did not read the, the spoilers. And, um, you know, uh, I would have kicked him out have him be on his own uh and then basically tell him that you know if if Tama and T um are troublemakers uh you're you're troublemaker too because it's it's family like you would think that you know that um but yeah PhD bound says I think he kicked Tama out because people see him as leader although Jay has the title of leader he uh of leader is really leader of, B of BC yeah, uh, that could definitely play into it. Uh, that really can. Um, you know, I would really love more story, and that and that's what I really want to get at. It's more story, uh, because I could go around in circles about this, but I really need more story to attach onto it. Uh, but right now, um, as I said, the United Empire picks up the win against Bullet Club. We're only gonna see how much of this is gonna like play out into. Uh, the whole storyline and everything. Uh, our next match is a street fight. A Chicago street fight. We had Finjuice teaming up with Brody Kane. Taking on Jonah. Uh, Big Bad Tito. And I think the other person is TMDK. I think so. Um, I personally do not understand. Um, what they got Finn Juice doing. And I did say that this definitely might be their last, um, well, Juice's last match in, uh, 
in New Japan Pro Wrestling because he did not resign his contract. Uh, he is done with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's probably done wrestling for a little while. Uh, he said that he doesn't feel like um, wrestling interests him, like no wrestlers interest him as well. So, you know, he's going to probably take some time off, which is great because he needs it. Uh, he's been wrestling nonstop. Even though, like during the pandemic, it probably it gave everybody a chance to to uh, slow down. But other than that, like uh, you know, um, you know, good for him because I think that he really he really needs it. All right, um, where is this thing? Uh yeah, PhD is totally right. You need to step away to reevaluate. Um that's why I'm not like, you know, too shocked that he didn't like resign or anything. Um, it's just one of those things of like, okay, you know, you need the time off, you need you need that. So, you know. Anyway, um, So I am going to take like an official break because I need a uh, a time to stretch, get more water, and sort of like clear out my sinuses, even though that might be too much information. So we're actually going to go on a real break um, as we playing in between, um, but we're going to take a real break. Make sure to stretch, make sure to like drink some water, stay hydrated, and I'll be right back talking about more wrestling. 